edition of Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. A little later in the show, we are going to talk about how you are doing. A question I have been asking listeners here pretty consistently since the pandemic started back in March. We're going to go back to that question and just have a conversation about how you're coping, how you're dealing with the economic disruption, how you're still dealing with the health challenges that we all have, how you're dealing with the move to go back to the world the way we knew it before. School starting, now we're going to have college football here in the Midwest again. Just want to know how you're taking all of that in and processing it. So uh, we're going to want to hear from you for sure during that segment. <clears throat> but first today, if 2016 was any indication Michigan is going to be a pretty critical battleground state in the November election this year. After more than two decades of Democratic domination in presidential races here, Michigan voters gave Donald Trump a shocking victory by the narrowest of margins in 2016. Can he repeat that here in 2020? My next guest is someone who hoped to challenge Trump for the presidency, and now he's working to help make sure that former Vice President Joe Biden prevents Michigan and some other key states from going red again in November. Cory Booker is a U.S. Senator, a Democrat from New Jersey, and former mayor of the city of Newark. Senator Booker, welcome back to Detroit Today. It's really good to be back on. You never, you know, herald my Michigan roots. My mom was born there. My That's right. Grandparents, uh, uh, my grandfather worked on the assembly lines and really came out of uh, poverty in the South. It's such a great city for our family, and I'm good, glad to be back on with you. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I wonder what you think and make of the situation here in Michigan. As I said in the open, 2016 was uh, sort of anomalous year for presidential politics here, at least in recent history. Uh, what do you feel like Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris need to do to prevent that from happening again in 2020? Well, I'm excited about their vision uh, for Michigan, but the first thing uh, is clear to me is Michiganders have had the experience of Donald Trump. And we saw even before the pandemic, a net manufacturing job loss, even though he made dramatic promises to the contrary. We see under his leadership farmers being hurt by his tariffs. I mean, he has not been a good president as he has promised, including things like health care. And I know my colleague Gary Peters keeps fighting against his opponent, who's joining Donald Trump and wanting to get rid of the Affordable Care Act, which would hurt hundreds of thousands of uh, Michiganders with uh, with pre-existing conditions. But I think Kamala and uh, Joe, uh, Biden and Harris, they have a vision for really bringing back manufacturing to this country, especially now that we've seen not making things here in America from penicillin to PPE hurts this country and we can create thousands of manufacturing jobs by doing it here. He wants to build back better, which is this idea that we don't go to normal. Normal wasn't serving uh, people from the Upper Peninsula to, to Detroit. Hmm. We want to make sure that we have a new economic vision that includes everything from paid family leave, uh, raising the minimum wage, uh, focusing on American manufacturing, having our government buy America, which would fuel hundreds of thousands of jobs throughout the Midwest. Mm. So I'm very excited about their sort of kitchen table economics, making things better for the average person, uh, and that vision of America that we build it from the middle class up. Mm. The, the president has 
uh, struck a theme recently that I think resonates here in in Detroit and in your uh, town of uh, Newark as well. You know, he keeps talking about this idea that uh, Joe Biden would create a program that would oversee bringing low-income people into suburban neighborhoods. I mean, he's really hitting hard on this idea that there is something to fear from, you know, black poor people mobbing the suburbs uh, if if the Democrats are uh, elected. Of course, that is not an, a new theme in conservative politics. It's actually quite old, and it makes him sound a little like uh, like George Wallace. Uh, but what's your reaction to what the president is uh, saying there and that campaign tactic in 2020? Yeah, and he's revoked my name in many of his tweets to that extent. And mm-hmm. it, it is uh, really actually, exactly as you said, something I never... I thought that was our history, where you would have demagogic leaders trying to use fear uh, trying to use demagoguery to, uh, um, uh, to, to to get people to vote for them. And we've not only seen it with George Wallace, we saw it in Willie Horton ads and more. But I just don't think racism and fear are going to sell uh, into our nation. I think that people see who Donald Trump is. More than that, they see the crisis that he's created by his divisiveness, by pitting American against American, by appealing to the baser parts of human nature as opposed to the better parts. And so I, I just am I'm hoping and praying, and I believe that, that this is a, not a referendum on Donald Trump. This election is a referendum on who we are uh, and who we are to each other. And it's a chance for us to reject the politics of hate, division, racism, and bigotry, and really start to embrace this understanding that we have uh, a common destiny as a country, that we are interconnected, interrelated from rural areas suburban areas, urban areas, we're all in this together. Mm. I also want to ask you about some of the criticisms you had for Vice President uh, Biden when we were still uh, trying to decide who the Democratic nominee would be. Uh, You said he was an architect of uh, mass incarceration uh, in this country, and you also noted that his plan for reforming mass incarceration did nothing to strengthen police accountability. I wonder what you make of those criticisms now that he's the the nominee and the plans that are coming out of the uh, the ticket to deal with this this huge problem of mass incarceration. Well, Kamala, me, and Biden, as well as a bunch of other Democrats, I think I counted 186 of us ran for president. Um, you know, we that that is the time that we uh, air uh, our issues. And uh, as a young man who came up. Uh, in the 90s and law school and saw uh, the mistakes that the Democratic Party made in embracing legislation that really hurt. I'm glad that Joe Biden is the kind of person that stands up and says, we didn't get it right, um, uh, and we're going to change this. And that's why having Kamala and, and Joe speak directly to these issues. Kamala and I led the uh, effort in the Senate on police accountability um, and have the bill with our House members uh, right now that I believe will get passed under a Biden administration because he's standing up and calling for an end to practices like chokehold, to creating uh, a national standards for use of force. I'm honored that, that Joe Biden understands the urgency, not the need, but the urgency for criminal justice reform throughout the whole system, uh, that he wants to end this era of mass incarceration. And I'm very, very uh, encouraged as one of the leaders in Congress on this issue that we'll have a partner in the White House that will help us to make significant progress 
because we know we have a deeply biased uh, system. Mm-hmm. There's no difference between blacks and whites for using or selling marijuana, uh, yet they're almost four times more likely to be arrested for that. And we know that the majority of marijuana arrests are for mere possession. So people I went to Stanford with used it without any kind of worry, but people in places like Detroit or Newark have had their lives upended and destroyed. These kind of things have to stop. And I, and I know from my personal conversations with Joe uh, to uh, the policies that his campaign has put out uh, that I stand with him uh, because he has a good vision for where our country needs to go. Okay. Cory Booker, U.S. Senator from New Jersey. Always great to talk with you here on Detroit Today. Thanks very much. For uh, I, I look forward to, uh, to, to when I can do it in person. Yes. <laughs> and I hope, that, I hope in your next segment with people checking in on how you're doing, people ask you, how are you doing? Yeah, uh, I'm we, hanging we appreciate in your voice. Okay, <laughs> yes, all right. Uh, we'll strong. talk with you soon. Yep. All right. Bye-bye now. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to check in with you now that we are seven months into the coronavirus pandemic. How are you doing? Tell us how you're coping and what's helping you get through this time in all of our lives. We're also going to continue to raise a little money here at WDET as part of the fall fundraiser. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.